Today I, I am wearing a Laravel mic as well. Oh, okay. I don't know if this is going to be any better, which uh, is why I'm testing it. Oh, so you're just going to compare the two? Yeah, so I've got two recording streams going on. That could be good. One well, what's your concern about the volume at the moment? Well, I think Laravel mics will just be easier to use, mm. but the trouble is they're ridiculously expensive. Well, no, they're ridiculously cheap, but if you get a good one, mm. like the ones the BBC use and ITV and all that sort of jazz, they're expensive. Yeah. So I'd like a couple of decent Laravel mics, but uh, you good? This is Money for Old Rope, a podcast ostensibly about idioms. This week hosted by three of your favourite people, Lucy, Terence and Adam. Hi Lucy, what's your idiom? Mum's um, the word. Mum's the word. Terence, what's your idiom? Don't get your knickers in a twist. Mine this week is cut and run. Cut and run? Cut and like in the drive-by stabbing? Well, not drive-by, unless um, you've got I, I, wheels for legs. I mean, it could be a drive-by stabbing. Should we start with mine and, uh, yeah. and decide on that? Right, okay, fair enough. Let's um, solve this crime. Cut and run, what does it mean? When would you use it? Uh, I'd, I've never actually used it. In, I don't know if I've ever even heard of it. Have you never used cut and run? Oh, you know what uh, it means? No, I mean, not I can... personally, but I've heard it and I know it. I well, no, what, what does it mean? What does cut and run mean? Usually cut your losses and just like give up on something. Like, oh, You've sunk enough time into this, just stop doing it already and, and just go home. Okay, interesting. You've not heard it, so you're not sure. No, I, in my head, I'm like in a film where they're they're saving some guy from hanging, and they're like, and then everyone starts chasing that guy, and they're all like, get that guy, and then the guy who's just been like nearly hung, and then he's actually fine. Nobody's paying attention to him because now there's a new crime afoot, and ultimately, all the law wants is the next crime. Isn't that how Pirates of the Caribbean starts? Yeah, pretty much. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. At least one of them. I say that as a film that I've actually seen. Yeah. What one of twenty? <laughs> yes. One of twenty. Oh, it's got Johnny Depp in it. You got to watch it if it's got Johnny Depp in it. That's a law. Um, yeah. So cut and run. So Lucy, you thought it was something like cutting your losses and running away. I've always thought of it more as a um, uh, more a sort of State avoiding of responsibility sort of thing. I always think of cut and run as being like you've instead of taking responsibility for something, you've just cut off all ties and then run away. Oh yeah, that kind of thing as well. But yeah, I just generally mean just like. Stop associating with that thing and just pretend that you didn't. Just like, just drop that. It's got no. it's got financial connotations to me. If somebody says cut and run. I imagine somebody like I think it comes up with bankers losses. a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I, I kind of imagine a swindler. I kind of imagine mm. somebody um, swindling a load of money out of somebody and then cutting off and running. Mm. Um, with that in mind, oh. what do you think the origin is? Uh, well, now now I'm thinking of like when they used to have you know like uh, the sheriff of Nottingham and they'd have the tax collectors and they'd have the little bags of coins ah see where you're going entirely from disney and then they'd always cut, <laughs> they'd always cut them a little bit underneath so that there's a stream of gold falls yeah. out the bottom of the bag of course. okay yeah. interesting so that's an interesting origin for cut and run yeah. just disney it is absolutely hammering it down it's glorious it's fantastic somebody's done a rain dance in manchester oh are we expecting uh thunder i am actually I gonna have so. to close that though Ooh. Uh, but oh yeah just... look at that you could just listen to this background noise. We don't even need to talk to record that. Mm. <laughs> and here, now here's Ooh. 20 minutes of rain. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hot and steamy room we got here. <laughs> so you reckon, you reckon cut purses, sort of yeah. stealing money from a purse as it's hanging from a person's belt? For the good of the people. Lucy, yep. what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the newspapers. Maybe to do with newspapers. You mean oh, yeah? in, in what way? Just because, like, they tend to just be a massive long sheet that gets printed off, and mm-hmm. 
the sheets get cut apart and then yeah. they have to be shoved out. So maybe when you were in a rush, you just put, you know, put your paper out to print, get it all printed off and cut it, run it out and like, yeah, some of it's wrong, but we'll just deal with it. You know, we're like Sky, we'll just be wrong for a little bit. Is that also where the phrase just run with it comes from? Yes. Nice. Interesting. Okay. So we've got Is newspapers, right? just run with it, and yeah. we've got... So what... But all that extra paper, I, I mean, surely they could re-pulp that. I would I mean, imagine what's so. lost there? Right. I don't think they lose that much. It's so just, it's just like a constant it. stream of the same thing, yeah. and they just get sliced into the separate, ah. like, long pieces. I watched the... Uh, how, not how it's made, the kids' version. Do you know? It's great. Let's find out. That's what it says. <laughs> and then he's like, do you know how crayons are made? I don't. Let's go find out. And uh, at the very end of the thing, any of the broken ones they just throw back into the original pile. Yeah, makes sense. In the little paraffin pile. And then they got, got this great machine with loads of lo- those little holes and it just like pushes it up. <laughs> and it's like a little spaghetti, but like inverted. And they're all melted nice. down and uh, into crayons again. Yeah. Nice. It's so good. Mm. So yeah, but yours obviously is, is better than a children's TV. Well, it's not show, about crayons. I hope. So I've got three origins for you. The first of which is it's said to come from ships where cutting and running was the act of a ship leaving its mooring, cutting cutting its way through the waves to escape or leave mm. in a hurry. Yeah, I'd have thought cutting your ropes so that you don't have to untie them would be the second closer. potential origin. Is supposed to come from cut purses who make their living. By working through crowds and cutting purse strings in order to steal from them uh, before running away. So cutting mm. cutting the purse strings and running. Okay. Strangely similar to what Terence said. And the third potential origin is it allegedly, allegedly comes from British Parliament where to cut and run was to make a Cossack remark of another member of Parliament before leaving the chamber for, prior to their response. They want it to be that. So Mic they, drop. So the MP would right stand up, make some sort of Such remark a... about, an, about a different member and then leave the chamber before the other mem- MP had a chance to stand up and rebuff. Just a scathing bon mot. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. A, a sort of Dennis Skinner wisecrack at, yeah. the, uh, okay. at somebody's expense. So yes, is it a member of British Parliament? Is it cut purses in a crowd? Or is it sails from ships or ships cutting their way through the waves? Mm. What do we think? I don't know, I like the purses now. It feels like Oliver Twisty. You did lead with the cut purses, so yeah, I'm quite impressed by it. Does it does quite match it did, what you said. But, but this feels a bit more Dickensian now. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we've got to pick a pocket hoard. Like that. Don't quit your day job. Uh, as a orphan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Okay, good. Cut purses from you, Terence. Yeah, I love that. Lucy, what was yours? Um, oh, I'll bite on the MPs. MPs? Yeah. Uh, so you're both, <laughs> yeah. you're both wrong. The actual Damn origin it. is the ships. I was going to go with the ships, but I was just fun. like... Nobody cares about boating. Well, interesting. Before I looked into it, I thought, oh, cutting and running. I thought I knew where this came from, and I thought it was cutting an anchor line mm-hmm. and then uh, to, in order to make a quick escape so you don't have to draw yeah. the anchor up. You kind of screw yourself whenever you want to stop. But We can't stop again. Cutting, cutting the anchor line <laughs> and then <laughs> getting away from port. Maybe as pirates might do if they wanted to escape yeah. the law. After a hanging... After a hanging, yes, Naturally. brought on by a cut purse. Um, so yeah, it's, it's said to come from ships where cutting and running was the act of a ship leaving its mooring and cutting its way through the waves. So the imagery of cutting a ship cutting its way through waves quite elegantly. Well, if there were no waves? Uh, then it would be cutting its way through <laughs> the surf. Yeah, oh, it's in the desert. The, do, how, the old, how old do we think it is? How old do we... When do we think it came up as cut and run, the phrase? Uh 
uh, when we're pirates of things. Yeah, piratey times. Pirates are still now, but <laughs> yeah, yes. all, all pirates are like you know more romantically viewed pirates because it was a while back, not current ones, which is we're, horrifying. The romantically yeah. viewed pirates, so yes. the sort of rapey pillagey ones. Yeah, yeah, but right. people view them romantically Vikings? now. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, Pirates were the same. Mm, yeah, there's so we're going to say like Elizabethan times. So like, is that 1600s? Late 1600s, early 1700s. I feel like 1600s. I'm going purely off Blackadder here. Okay. I was going off Assassin's Creed. Yeah, great. Cool. <laughs> See, now we've got it. We've got it down. Yeah. Two excellent popular culture references. Um, 1704 is the first instance where it pops up. So yeah, I'll give you that. Pretty close. close. Yeah. Is that Elizabethan times? Reasonably impressed with that. I'd have to look at when Elizabeth or is it the first of times. I don't think it's the Henry's of times. He was much earlier, I think. Okay. Re- well, not much earlier because he was Elizabeth's father. Yes, wasn't he? so it wasn't that much so earlier. It wasn't much, much earlier. It's like a few years. They um, called him Daddy King. The, the first known instance of a phrase that's similar and the, uh, the act of cutting through the waves is from Edmund Spencer's, Edmund Spencer's, The Fairy Queen in 1590. So quite old. But that's, it cuts away upon the yielding wave. And that's the instance of using cuts and waves in relation to each other. Right. But there's no oh, running. Okay. It's just no. cut it's away upon right. the waves. Uh, cutting away in the context described um, and the movement of your ship is 1704, as mm-hmm. I said, in the Boston newsletter. Uh, Captain Vaughan rode by said ship, but cut and run. And that's the first instance you get of cut and run in okay. uh, written down. Uh, the idea of physically cutting a rope is seen in David Steele's The Elements and Practice of Rigging and Seamanship, 1794, mm. which is to mm. cut and run. To cut the cable and make sail instantly without waiting to weigh anchor. Yeah, it feels so, like a euphemism. That is too <laughs> elaborate. This guy, uh, so this guy assumed the same thing I did, which was to cut and run, was actually born of the idea of cutting the anchor loose and then going away on the anchor. Oh. Um, going away quickly, leaving the anchor behind. Which is interesting because that was where my head went and that's obviously where this David Steele character's head went first. Who's he, this guy? I don't trust this guy. Yeah, I don't either. David Steele. It's very... Um, David Steele. Max Steele. David Steele. Um, <laughs> Private Eye. He describes oh, it as... Hello. He describes it as a quick but very expensive manoeuvre. Oh. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> cutting, cutting and running is quick but expensive. Oh, also, um, Wikipedia calls this an idiomatic verb phrase. Mm, yeah. yeah. So if I... Idiomatic proverbs True, before, but in this particular case, idiomatic verb phrase. Mm. Uh, in 2004, William Sapphire of the New York Times suggested that the phrase has lost its light-hearted sense and has come to imply cowardice when used <laughs> in politics and war. I prefer Which, it to earlier stuff. Well, cut and run's been used in sense of like, um, he said, uh, Vietnam to Iraq, and it usually gets brought in in terms of war and politics, like a politician might yeah. be yeah. Told, said to have that. cut and run mm-hmm. these days. So it's got a very negative connotation to it. Which, yeah, I, yeah. I when yeah. I think of it, I think of negative connotation. So I'm not, yeah, I'm in agreement with uh, William Sapphire. It's like let's let's launch a whole referendum on Brexit, and then <laughs> well, didn't expect everybody to do that. I'm out of here. Yeah. Well, I've off, done my job. I resign. Off to my shed. There's a great um, luxury yeah, shed. My to shed. Write my book in Spain. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a great video of David Cameron after he gives his resignation speech at Downing Street, and as he's walking back into Downing Street, he's sort of whistling, going. Doo, doo, doo. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's brilliant. I'll dig it out because it's fantastic. Not my problem. That's entirely what it is. It's just nope. I don't have to deal with this. Yeah. Do we think it's more popular or less popular now than it was in the 1980s? I feel uh, maybe... That's like Wall Street era though, isn't it? Yeah, it's it was like... probably more popular then. I feel like I've not heard it that much recently. 
What about you? Think more popular, or less? Popular? When Pirates went into Wall Street. Yeah. When, yeah. Okay. Pirates yeah. of Wall Street. That yeah. Famous film. Pirates yep. of Wall Street. Uh, there's a Monty Python skit about that. Um, oh. Where they're where they're. Um, the skit about everything. Where they're in now for something completely different. I think where they 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 raise the anchor and they're piloting. A, oh, I remember. There's a, sh- yeah. a building going through like New York. Good skit. Um, it's less popular now than it was in the 1980s. Peaked in the 1980s and it's dropped off. Because the nineteen eighties, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, quite an interesting one. I, I thought it was nice that it had a reasonably solid origin. Although, when it's used in seventeen oh four, cut and run, it's very much a. Um, you can see it being in the common lexicon at that point, and then yep. it's just been used by, in this case, um, what was his name? I've not even got his name. Edmund but, something. No, that was the first oh, one. First one. Uh, in the Boston newsletter. Ah. Oh. So 1704, hmm. reasonably solid origin. I, like I was it. quite con- quite content with it, quite happy with yeah. it. It's very rare. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, that's two Every in a row. fourth idiom I could get is like... I've had two I weeks. I never know where it came from. I've had two weeks in a row where my idiom's been quite... Uh, Frustratingly out of hard. reach. Well, end. it's been a quite hard origin. I've been quite happy about it. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Lucy, let's move on to yours. What was your idiom? It was, mum's the word. Ah, now then. Mum's the word. Mother's the noun. So you use it when you're trying to imply that it's a secret and you shouldn't share it with anybody. Or if somebody's mm. asked you something and you've gone, ah, mum's the word. It feels like it's proper Second World War, isn't it? It's like, mmm. Do, do you reckon Second World War? That's interesting. I reckon mm. so. You know that feeling like, um, a bit like loose lips, sick ships. Mum's <laughs> mm. the yeah. word. Hitler's yeah. going to take your children. As well as well-known wartime posters that feature mum's the word on them. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. Yep. Hitler doing this like <laughs> over his shoulder. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon mum's the word. It, it means like um, maybe a couple of you are, in, are involved in a secret, and you're just trying to suggest like don't tell anybody else. Sort of like tap the side of the nose. Yeah. Mum's the word, kind of thing. Why the nose? Why is the nose? I don't know why it's tap the side. That's of the like mum's the word. Don't tell mother. Daddy's done a lot of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> tap tap tap. Just like plume, <laughs> like an orphan coming down the chimney. Oh, it's okay. like sort of anime only with stuff shooting out the nose. Only it's cocaine instead of blood. Oh, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, it's basically just don't tell anyone. All right, okay. Um, so it's kind of creepy though, especially if you say it slower. It's all about the speed of it makes it kind of. If you're just like, uh, mum's the word, and it's just like, well, that guy's got a lot of things to hide. Yep. But if somebody says, you see me eating a sandwich slowly, and there's like a cat in the sandwich, and then you see him turn towards you, and wipe his mouth and go, mum's the word. That's pretty creepy. Shh. Sounds like a scene from Royston Vasey. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but where does it come from? No. Maybe we'll never know. Where would mum's the word? Why, would, why mum? Why mum? Yeah. But keeping mum, keeping mum, they but, call it. But mum doesn't necessarily mean mum is in the maternal figure because it could mean mum is in the same root as stum. So mum could just mean keeping stum. Yeah, it could just mean mute. Like don't tell anyone mute. So I don't think it has anything to do with mothers in the in the maternal sense. I think it's mum. Mum's the word. Just like the implication that there is no word for it. You can't speak of it because mum is. A synonym for mute. <laughs> it, What's that, mother? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I think I think mum doesn't even have anything to do with the maternal figure. I think it's just keep stum about mm. it. Okay, stum. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. That's Any... pretty in depth. Yeah. Um, Terence, got any ideas? I don't. I can't know. I, I've not. It still feels Second World War, just gibberish. Second World War. Second World War. 
Yeah, it's like... I think I'll done that. Don't have corned beef upon the heath. But don't let Hitler take your boys. Why would you not have corned beef on the heath? I don't know. Is it, is it particularly bad to eat corn, It was, it was pretty heath? flammable back in those days because of all the paraffin. Oh, yeah. Apart yeah. from the wax. <laughs> As we saw recently, they've tried it again. They thought yeah. we've learned from my mistakes. Well, there was all so those, no, there goes the moors. Those, those yep. problems with the buried corned beef out on the moors. Yeah, yep, that was. But so they had to get rid of it. Then. Yep, got brought in the army. Yep, all to eat it. Har- so Har- Har- scenes. Yeah. It's quite a waste. I mean, imagine you could, especially for they used World to feed War it too. to pigeons during the war and then send them across the channel. And there was a whole movie about it. And what they would do is then from afar they'd shoot them, and it was. And you get exploding pigeons, yeah. which is not only a little bit grim, it also sort of makes the streets all bloody below and then people slip and fall over. It's not great no. for them or the pigeons, but I mean, they were, they enlisted. Yeah, they did. Know. Yep. They weren't conscientious objectors. No. Lucy. Uh, so is it from the middle-aged word mom, or mom, M-O-M-M-E, meaning silent? Ooh. Is it from mummers who were part of pantomimes and would remain silent? Or is it from a poem by William Langlold, uh, Langland, which is, I'm, I'm going to say this horribly because it's really weird and I've just like seen it again and gone, oh God, why did I copy this? Um, but it's only two lines. Um, uh, Thou mightest better met in the mist on Melvin Hulls than getting a mom of your mouth till mon we are shooed. <laughs> That's the expression they made when Which, they were saying it as well. Yes, it's, it's yeah. I constant grimace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure of most of those words. Um, I'm in horrible pain. But <laughs> the... it loosely translates as you may as well try to measure the mist on the Malvern Hills as to try and get her to speak without first offering payment. Um, See, that seems like it, it was used in context. I'm not. I'm not mm. buying that. That's the origin. I suspect. I suspect. I, I. I want to go for the first one, even though it's the most boring one. It's just "mom" was a word for silence in Old English. Oh, yeah, I still kind yeah. of want to go for "mom." Was it Old English or like Middle English? What was it? I mean, it's M O M M E. So yeah, and it's yeah Middle English. I think "mom." But then the mummers, mummers were a thing as well. I can't remember if they stayed silent. Mummers in plays. The better of paid them a lot of money. Uh, I don't know. And the third one was actually from a poem. Yeah. I don't, I'm not convinced that you would have written out some middle English. <laughs> it's just not you. Or is it? Maybe this is it. I guess we'll have to find out. Number three. You're going for three. I'm, I'm going, going for, for one. Three. I'm going to go for the boring answer. So it was first found in the poem. Um, ah. But ah. but the others are also true. Oh, it's hey. also been suggested that it's related to the sound mm, like Mm, I'm not telling you. Mm, just, in, which, I've got duct tape on my mouth. Which can just mean that you're keeping silent. Yeah, even then, it's like mm, my lips are sealed. I won't. I won't Trish. say. Um, I think that's a fairly modern. I think that's a fairly modern invention. I'm not buying it. That, it, that one may not be true. It's just been suggested. Um, it's an interesting. It's an interesting suggestion. I just don't think mm-hmm, it's... it's the word. <laughs> Interestingly, <laughs> it did. Um, it, something similar did show up in 1540, um, which this is a translation of a Latin text, so that's going to be great. Um, I dare not do so much as put my hand to my mouth and say mommy's counsel. <laughs> Latin text. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. That's quite old. The comedy of Achalastus. Mm. Hmm. And of course, Shakespeare. Of course, um, Shakespeare has also used it. Seal up your lips and give no words but mum. 
in Henry the Sixth Part Two in 1592. That's Mom mm. spelled the first iteration. The the M U M. No M U M. I wonder if that's actually meaning mom or if it's just another one of those misspellings because nobody could it spell very well could be <laughs> interestingly what you mentioned before has come up um the fact that it's phonetically similar to the german word stum which also means to be silent stum. and likely where we get keep stum. Nice. I, I use stum a lot yep. I, I don't know where i picked it up from but i use stum a lot yeah. i used kibosh as well today which massively confused somebody oh i was speaking to um yiddish kibosh i don't think so Oh, don't you know what kibosh means though like to, to put the kibosh on something it's like yeah a, like punch him in the nuts isn't it just like, <laughs> it's, it's usually just like you just decide no we're not doing that anymore you you know you, just you mean say, like a, end of that and everyone else just kind like of can't, isn't allowed anymore yeah yeah it's just it's just yes yeah, so to put the kibosh on something is to stop it in its tracks like if you were a manager of a team and you didn't want your team focusing on something you just put the kibosh on it right none of that put the kibosh on that no more talking about it, that sort of thing. Um, but I used it to a French speaker whose second language is English, and it's quite an obscure word. And the first, and I just got a blank look back, like, <laughs> what, what, what's kibosh? Um, which was a little unfair of me. But he did get me looking into the etymology of kibosh. So what was the what was the oldest version then? The oldest version of Latin. Um. Well, yeah, I think the oldest version was Latin, but obviously it wasn't exactly mum's the word. It's mum mm-hmm. is council. Um. Yeah. But yeah, that that was mom the earliest. Council. Kind of, Mom is the law. Anything of it, but the poems, the the in context, yeah, the context yeah. one, yeah, basically. That's, that's, that's quite good. I like it. Is it quite a popular one? Did you look into how popular it was? I didn't actually think to look into how popular it was, but I feel like, I feel like it's waned a bit. But massively, surely. Like, it's like we all we all know it though. We all recognised it straight away. I feel like it used to come up a bit way. more. Like yeah, the, and it's always a bit like, oh, like Vaudeville, isn't it? Yes, yes, Vaudevillian. Maybe. It's yeah. I don't think it don't comes up look as in much. The and like, I feel like so kids wouldn't think it would be cool to say that. They, yeah. They'd just be like, Bleh. and then they chug a Mountain Dew and roll off on the Heelys. Roll off on the Heelys. Yep. Oh, the wheels. The wheel I shoes. Want Heelys so bad. Do you? Well, they don't make do, them do they make sizes. lights? They do. Do they make light and fast? <laughs> <laughs> Are you flash? <laughs> Are you flash man? But the quicker that they can get out of your sight, the better. So They never do, though. They just roll in front of you, like, please move. And also, <laughs> it's, it's like space. three running steps and then roll. Is this just like, is this what this area is a bit like? It's like in Return to Oz. Have you ever seen that? No. It's a bit no. where they go into the abandoned, it's like a sequel to Wizard of Oz, but like it was in the 80s. And, um, and there's these creatures in this abandoned Emerald City. Why have you watched some? It's, weird it's really films. good. It's kind of this is just what the eighties, all eighties kids movies were like. Just really dark, like labyrinth, dark crystal. <laughs> this. Um, but there's these creatures who kind of go around and they've got like four wheels, so wheels on their feet and wheels on their hands, really long hands, and they cackle. And they've got a helmet which has this like really grimace, scary grimacing face, but it's on the top of the head. So they go around with their heads down and go towards you, and then look up and they're like in makeup and like clowns, and they just laugh. That sounds um, horrifying. Yeah, and they circle her as well. That's this is really the stuff weird. of nightmares. <gasps> yeah, I'm not. not. Good. She's the girl's in it. Then goes. She's in the craft. Have you ever seen the craft? No, I'm no. not seen the craft either. Oh, you guys. Sorry. Anyway, some sort of film-based podcast. Anyway, um, don't get your knickers in a twist. Yeah. Was yours. Oh yeah, it was. Wasn't um, it? So don't get your knickers in a twist is it means like um, don't stress over it. Yeah. Don't Don't get all 
Yeah. Um, Stop getting be, all flustered about that. Yeah, don't get yeah. a mod. Don't be a mod. That's and if you're American, about. it's don't get your panties in a bunch. Ah, here we are. Straight up. I was, so, thinking, I was thinking knickers is an American word, though. No, panties. Don't get your panties in a bunch. So, I've never heard an American say knickers. They say panties. Yeah, I don't think they tend to. But, so what's the... So in my in my opinion, if, if you're saying knickers in a twist, it's about something trivial, right? That the person is getting... Perceived to be trivial, Perceived maybe. to be trivial. Yeah. But then panties in a bunch or or in some increasingly complicated mechanism. It's kind of like going against the whole meaning of the phrase. You know, you know when they're like, um, you know, a, a twist. It's like, well, that's easily remedied. Ding, boing. Uh, I know that you'd be doing it for them. But that's fine. So, uh, but in in a bunch of an increasing elaborate thing, I think sometimes they say knot as well. Panties in the knot. Don't panties in the knot. Yeah, right. I think I've heard that. So, I mean, then then you're like, well, if somebody said like, don't get your panties in knot, and you're like, they are in a knot. I don't know how mm. they got there. This is really uncomfortable and really difficult to get out of. How do you do it? And then you're like, oh yes, I've just correctly assessed what I'm seeing with my eyes. Um, I don't know. And, I think of, I think of the phrases. It's not trivial anymore. I think of the phrases as being the same, though. Like, don't get you. Panties. Yeah, I don't think it's specifically like this has happened to someone. This and, has happened. Like but, my underwear I mean, is knotted. Please help. Yeah, right. I but I mean, I, if the aim is to belittle somebody, right? Somebody who's taking oh, it's uh, definitely a belittling. You know, it's a belittling unreasonable phrase. umbrage about something kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a belittling phrase. You use it to sort of suggest that somebody's overreacting to something. Yeah. And yeah. They need to calm down a little bit. Yeah. And saying, as soon as you start saying it's in the knot, you're like. Kind of takes away from it. What in a light-hearted way, or just in a sort of yeah? Don't get your panties in your nut, and you're like, you're just describing something terrible that has <laughs> yeah. happened. It's don't get them though. Yeah, don't, don't get don't them. get them. So they're, they're yeah, not, so it's not, not like they are. And even if they were in a knot, that's a bad situation to be in. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're overthinking it. Yeah, I think a little bit. Do you oh, think this is what goes through your head? Everyone, don't get your panties in the knot, Terence. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> trivial. <laughs> Oh, okay. You know the origin. This could be the key to the universe. Um, an origin for don't get your knickers in a twist. Uh, mm. I want to say that the British one is the oldest one, is the older version, but mm-hmm. that's just through patriotism. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm not sure which one came first. Don't get your knickers in a twist. It's got to be something to do with a washing line. It's got to be like, you know when you have something on a washing line and it's yep. particularly windy okay. and it spins around yep. and it manages to tangle up and it manages yep. to essentially tangle into other things as well. Yep. Um, I think it could be the idea that a light breeze can do that. So because a light breeze can impact your washing, say you've got a couple of towels uh-huh. on the line yep. and it can cause a bit of a fracas if things get twisted together, mm. I think it's making a, a, a storm out of a light breeze and I think that's where the phrase comes from. Yeah, okay. Being very literal about it. Yeah. It's just so it's such a specific item of clothing yeah. that it's just like it's hard to see it coming from anywhere else. Well, than just like yeah, something to do with laundry or something. Yeah, I suppose a lot of so I'll, I'll give you the heads up. A lot of it is not a hard origin, but there are wishy washy origins. Wishy washy <laughs> origins for the most part, or but uh, or rather, it's more first sightings of right, the term. Okay. So that's kind of where we're leading. But I mean, I actually have the the origin of, of something. Shall I give you a couple of options? Right? Yeah, for a start, yeah, right? yeah, number one is um, there's the uh, I don't know where is it. So the, uh, the there's a team in New York called the New New York Knickerbockers, who uh, used were famously quite a panicky team from there. <laughs> from there. Okay, um, but a lot of it was on the back of this time when they um, they they kind of had planned a kind of. 
move, signature move that they were going to be selling. Um, but it ended up with the person slipping uh, on on the, on the actual, uh, what would you call it, the stump, I guess? The one what? in the middle where they actually Is run from? Baseball the mound? team. The yeah, mound. basically, yeah, they're a baseball team. Yeah, mound. the mound. On the mound, yeah, yeah. So he ended up slipping on that and... The, the name for the team there was the New York Knickerbockers people call them Knickers and then there's a lot of similar things in New York called like Knickerbockers and things like that Knickerbocker Glory yeah. it's off yeah. New York yeah. Knickerbocker Glory I assume yeah. there's lots of things like that yeah. uh, I can't say I've ever heard of the New York Knickerbockers though yeah. New York Knicks no? is that where they come from mm, maybe mm. maybe they just mm. went you know what's really goofy being called the Knickerbockers let's maybe change that yeah maybe change it to Knicks yeah I could see that yeah yeah next one well, there you are. Uh, Maybe the next other one will be was... New York's knee. Yeah. We are the baseballers that say knee. Knee. Wow, that's pretty good. That was a film reference, yeah. Terrence. Don't know if you good. got it. Don't know if you've seen Since that one. Monty Python here. Yeah. <laughs> Monty Python's Python. great. Uh, yeah, the, the other ones. Uh, hang on. Uh, a more recent one. Uh, 1970s. Um, it was it was kind of like slang in London for um, you'd call knickers. Kickers, okay, or it's and essentially twist was pissed, as in um, when people used to just essentially piss in public, things like that. It was okay. like, don't wear in your nice new clothes. It's quite, it's like um, cut off your nose to spite your face. Okay, like don't, that. don't so it's yeah, don't pee on you. Don't like inconvenience that. yourself. Yeah, like knickers and a twist, or kickers and get pissed. Okay, so it's just don't piss in your... it's sort of weird. Cockney rhyming slang yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Mm. Okay, yeah. interesting. Can't say I came across that one in my Cockney rhyming slang no. research, but okay. okay. And then the other one is what we would perceive it to be, which is just knickers and a twist. As in, as in how we imagine it's actually knickers. Only specifically, we've kind of changed it. To that. Okay. Isn't it? Yeah, the origin was that. Except none of these are very good. I mean, well, you've already said that they're, they're quite wishy in origin, yeah. so is that just the first... I don't buy that there was... Were the New York Knicks previously mm. the New York Knickerbockers? Was, mm. was Lucy right with that? Yeah. I think so. Is that correct? Yeah. There's a baseball team. And they were a baseball team back then called the New York Knickerbockers. It makes sense that they called them the Knicks. Who's the other one? The Yankees? We're just yeah, going yeah, to just staple now that it's the New York Knickerbockers. Yeah, I'm just going to call them that. I'm going to buy a t-shirt with it on and just like write the rest in. New York Knickerbockers. Yeah. Okay. Knickers! Yeah? New, New York Knickers. All right. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds plausible, though. I mean, it, it sounds plausible in as much as every other idonym origin we have sounds plausible. Idonym. Idonym. Yeah. We've got to make up for the fact that Ben's not here. Yeah, Ben's not here. So go Idonym. Although, oh, getting back ben, next week. Hopefully. Ben. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like an 80 year old man. Spooky ghost. <laughs> smoky ghost. Spooky ghost. I think it says smoky ghost and it sounds like you smoked it. Smoky ghost. Is that right then? Is that the actual origin? Yeah, it was, it was none of them really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, shall I just give you the origin of yeah, knickers, which is way more interesting than the, the origin of knickers? Yeah. Right. So the earliest kind of uh, right. So the <laughs> the earliest um, entry in uh, Google, essentially, is uh, as in Google Books matches was from uh, 1965. For that, don't get your knickers in a twist. Oh no, no, that's actually Knickers in the Knot. Knickers in the Knot. Which is actually the earlier. 1965? Yeah, 1965. That late? Really? Yeah, I know, right. So uh, there's a book called, by Wilbur Smith called The Train from Katanga. Uh, the actual phrase is... Oh, and then there was another one, 1968. Again, Knickers in the Knot. And the whole thing is, Oh, do stop it, she gasped as their lips broke away from each other with a resounding plonk. <laughs> 
You're getting my knickers in a knot. It's like Nils and Boone. <laughs> You're marvellous, sighed Barney, loosening his grip on her slightly. Without hesitation, she seized the opportunity of escape and leapt to her feet. Oh my word, this book, this is horrible. It's called Barney Snip Artist. That's the name of the book. It's like a Me Too thing. I don't, I'm not impressed with this book. Creepy. Yeah, really creepy. Mm. Um, but plonk, really. Wow. Plonk. Yeah, it's weird. Plonk. I, mean, I think a lot of that's, that's kind a, of... That's the noise it makes. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's 1965. And then the earliest one, uh, 1969, is uh, in Britain. Knickers in a twist. Oh, okay. So, so, it was, like that. so it was America, yeah. don't get your knickers in a knot. Mm. And it was then sort of transatlantic made into yes. don't get your knickers in a twist. Pretty much and... the only one it is... Uh, it's from Pigeon Racing News and Gazette, volume 25. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't trying to steal your glory, mate. Just got me knickers in a twist after the New Year celebrations when I wrote the column. Blah, 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 blah. That's good. My phone has just died, so that's the end your of that, phone is end just of that thing. And the rest of it is on here, which is great. The word knickers, which is way more interesting. On uh, Pigeon Racers, that got, oh. a lot, that got a lot more boring when they stopped feeding them corned beef. Yes, well, I mean, yeah, there was definite end celebration. You know which one won because it was it was there the longest, and then it would just explode in a plume. I um, I actually saw a uh, a weird van the other day on the motorway. It it was a pigeon racing van. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like, a van. It said pigeon racing on the back, and we got alongside it, and it was just like a load of compartments in this van. I can only assume there were pigeons in there. That's really creepy. I don't know. Or well, is it creepy? That's no, really kind of cool. Did Pid- you ever watch Geordie Racer as a kid? Maybe it was beyond. Geordie Racer. What's your time? Geordie Racer. Sure. Geordie Racer. Doesn't nope. sound familiar. Racer. There was this boy up in the. It was like a uh, one of the ones that they show during the day. It was like a BBC drama uh, with this kid up north, and he would race pigeons. And it was all about his life. I can't remember anything else apart so, from it. So, Two yeah. things about it: stotty buns and pigeon racings. Have you ever heard of the stotty bun? I know what a stotty bun is. Yeah. It's a massive bap. It's the largest bap I've ever had. <laughs> and somebody went, "Yeah, it, like chips in a stotty bun." Yeah. And you'd have chips and gravy, just like a whole bag of chips on this <laughs> massive bap, which is like the size of a dinner plate, and then you put gravy all over it. Yeah. Just like, bah! Now, how have you had this? I don't, I don't know. This is just something that I'm well aware of. Oh, my word. Know, maybe it's the area I grew up in. I did, yeah, you did like your carbs there, didn't you? We did. Well, I, you had your carbs, and now I'm full. <laughs> to be fair, I went, I went to school in a part of the country that invented the pasty balm, which is literally a pasty in a balm. Oh, wow. And you could have a potato pasty bomb, which was carbs, carbs, so and carbs. Yeah. It was horrendous. Utterly horrendous. Anyway, the origin of knickers. What was the origin of knickers? What's the origin of knickers? This is the... This is Kayla's the... oldest time. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. So, in uh, 1682, this guy called Harman Janssen van Weyernickerbocker, who's an incredibly rich man, uh, bought, like, Loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of land in what was then called New Amsterdam. Ah. Right? So here, and he bequeathed it to his seven children. Um, and there was this famous author who uh, was called Washington Irving, who wrote a satirical A History of New York book, yeah. which was really popular. Yeah, uh, and he, and it in it, he invented the character loosely based on this Knickerbocker guy and this kind of wealthy socialite, uh, Aristotic, uh, Aristotle. Aristocracy. Aristocratic. Aristocratic. We got the words. Um, This like um, upper class Dutch kind of thing that was all over the place. Um, And he invented a character called Diedrich Knickerbocker. Um, It's not really inventing it if you just nick the guy's last name though, is it? Well, kind of. Well, it was also... It's a little bit weird because he says uh, the character in it wore knee breeches uh, and 
smoked pipes long after they went out of fashion. That was the kind of thing that the the elites in New Amsterdam and New York used to do. Essentially. They were, they were just like they didn't dress right, even though that that author pretty much coined that fashion. Ah. Which is, Kind of daft. Um, it's weird. Yeah. So then knickerbockers again became slang for uh, Dutch New Yorkers, New Yorkers of Dutch heritage, uh, and also knee breeches. So a bit like the ones golfers wear. So a knickerbocker yeah. was also a knee breech and a rich Dutchman. Yeah, pretty much. So you can and, have a knickerbocker in knickerbockers. Yeah, and in New York, they just use it for everything that they liked. Eat, so eating like, a knickerbocker glory. Yep, yeah, bang on. Um, the baseball team, New York. Knickerbockers, which was actually a real thing. <laughs> uh, there's beers, ice creams, things like that. Um, so when that book came over to England, it was illustrated by this guy called George uh, Crankshank. Crankshank? I've spelled it wrong. Anyway. Crankshaft. But, crankshaft, yeah. George Crankshaft, dear. <laughs> I'll draw anything you want. I'll draw you right now. And you're like, no, no, you've got the job. You're very eager. <laughs> so put the pen. You know, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'll get his cross book. all the shadows of your face like cross hatched, like really intricate, like comic book art. Yeah, I'm going to wrap you. I'll get his. Um, I'll get his proper name just to get in the show notes. Fantastic. So he uh, used to do the illustrations for Charles Dickens books. Ah, okay. So and when he drew the character, he drew him as an older man with shorter breeches, uh, and but they still called him knickerbockers. Oh. So so they kind of got a bit shorter from there, and these slightly shorter ones were like a men's fashion staple. <laughs> so. So they they just call them knickerbockers all the time, uh, and then women changed from having bloomers, just which they would call bloomers. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I imagine they hid things in there. Uh, Primary use of them, as I'm, as I'm uh, to understand. Before yeah. handbags were invented, pretty keep much. everything your bloomers. Yeah, but then they kind of swapped to wearing the same ones as 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 men. Uh, but then obviously, the name knickers, it kind of got shortened to that. Uh, and then obviously there was uh, an idea that uh, men couldn't wear knickers after all that, so it, kind of had, it has a bit more of a kind of femininity about it, like associated with it. So the women then. stole them off the men, basically. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, because knickerbocker is super masculine, but knickers. Oh. I know knickerbocker. Um, I think knickerbocker. I could see a wrestler called knickerbocker. Yeah, well, you know what they call uh, knickerbocker? Ooh. The knickerbocker on Sunday. <laughs> He's nicked my bock, he has. <laughs> oh, where's your bock, John? Oh, I don't know. I'm in terrible pain. <laughs> this massive gaping Lovecraftian void in the middle of his <laughs> body. You do like your uh, Lovecraftian voids, don't yep. you? I don't personally The best like kind of void. <laughs> Especially now that we know he's a massive racist. <laughs> All right, right, so uh, golfers still wear, obviously, those kind of daft pants. Let's call them daft pants. Daft pants, yeah. Uh, but they call them plus fours. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Huh. Weird. Right? It's a bit enough. It was like imbuing like four, but like plus, like pro plus. I I'm a I pro, think, but... I think I prefer knickerbocker, to be honest. I know, knickerbockers yeah. are great. It's, great. it's a great word as well, knickerbocker. What a great word. Yeah. I just always want to say knickerbocker glory. Mm. That's because that's good. Um, what's it called when it like rolls off your tongue when something falls into it? Knickerbocker glory. Yeah. yeah, it's just called that. No, he's... Uh, <laughs> nice, interesting history on knickers. I would not have imagined yeah. that knickers was related to yeah. knickerbocker. Yeah, it's kind or, of cool though, isn't it? And, and it's actually just the, the sketch kind of changed, and and so at the same time, even in in America, they started calling it like knickers and knot and panties in a bunch and things like that. Um, but uh, they've kind of both started getting used. Like I said, they don't tend to say knickers in America. Yeah. 
Anyway, no. the Australians are laying some sort of claim to it. So that but... means that boxers were probably yeah. probably closer to very much so the old style knickers. They, they called them yeah. knickerbockers, and the knickers have just got gradually smaller. So you could just like yeah. you know take the word back. Like, now I'm putting my knickers on. Put your boxers on. Yeah, I could. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, well, that's Preferably that's the whole thing. Lip. Like, that's the other kind of uh, terrible side of of saying like, don't get your knickers in the twist because there's it's saying. Um, you know, you, you're a woman, you're a girl, and therefore that's you know there's an implied femininity mm. to the oh, right, okay. to the insult. Yeah, it's kind of misogynist in that way. I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, mm. yeah, I get that. And then there, and you'll be like, you further, look, mate, you used to wear the knickers before I did. Yeah. <laughs> also, these ones are in a knot, and this is very serious. Let I, me, need, let I me, need urgent medical attention. Let me forget about this situation that we're in at the moment, just to correct you slightly on some lay down some historical knowledge on you about knickers. But, I'm sure that go yeah, that's really, do. really well <laughs> in a rap battle. All right, snap. Yeah. That's how you start. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. Be sure to leave a review in iTunes, star us in the Overcast app, or leave a rating in the podcast player of your choosing. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at mforpodcast. You or can. Fe- or feel free to email us cast at zy.io. He's trying to cast. Relevant links from this episode are in the show notes and our individual social media accounts are at the bottom. Thanks for listening to this production by Vamp Nation, Money for Old Rope, a podcast ostensibly about idioms. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. God, it's so I warm. love you guys. Bye. It's so Bye. damn warm. Bye. It's so hot. Bye bye. So hot, so very hot.